Welcome to the SLP Talk Show. Real talk with Carrie about stuff that really matters. Hey, it's Carrie, your fast-talking, speech-therapy-loving host. While you are driving, cleaning, exercising, or whatever it is you do while listening to podcasts, I'm going to be chatting about pediatric speech therapy stuff. But I don't want our time together to feel like work or be boring. You already work enough, and you already have enough boring stuff to do in your life. So let's get going and have some fun. Hello, and welcome to another episode of SLP Talk Show. This is episode 34. Can you believe we've done 34 of these already? Yeah, I lost count because it's been a while. It has been a while. So yeah, we. Uh, I'm Carrie. This is Jim. Hello. Hello, hello. We are back. We, um, gosh, it's been like a month and I feel terrible. I was sick for like two weeks. Yeah. Like sick on that, the couch, couldn't function. That flu is a downer. It is a downer. So, um, and once you're sick, then you get behind at work and mm-hmm. then everything is catch up. So you were on the road a lot. Too. I was, I have been traveling like a fool. Yeah. Um, so anyways, we are back. We are excited to be back. It is December 1st. I know. It's, it's, yeah, it's, so, it's fun. It's so fun. We Can start, I tell them about we start tonight? To, yeah, go ahead. Yeah, so tonight uh, begins our annual uh, evening opening of the wine advent calendar. The, the tiny bottles of wine. Tiny bottles of wine. Yes. From all over the world. From all over the world. I'm super excited. You know what we're going to do this year, though, Jim, is we are actually going to, there's a QR code. We're going to use our phone and we're going to open it. It's going to, like, tell us what we're drinking. So we sound oh, really? smart. Yeah, oh. so we can say, like, <laughs> it's nutty or it's oaky or it's dry or it's, because I don't know. Yeah, I'm usually like, it's, it's, it's good. Wet. It's wet. It's wet. It's wine. <laughs> it's liquid. <laughs> it's good. Yes. Tasty, so, tasty liquid. So this is December 1st. If you happen to listen to this when we post it on December 1st, then you can hopefully join us on my Instagram live tonight and yeah. join us for wine. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get it done. Get it out there. We are. It's going to be awesome. Yeah. We're going to get this. Yes, this, this episode will be available today on December 1st. If you're listening to this after December 1st, uh, we do the Advent Wine Calendar every night for 24 nights. So maybe you can join us tomorrow night or the next night. So it's going to be fun. I have one more trip uh, before the end of the year. I have to go to Michigan, uh, December 13th and 14th. So Jim, I don't know what I'm going to do. Am I going to like smuggle wine? on the airplane and take it with me like I don't even know how we're gonna do advent wine calendar those nights you might have to do it alone okay yeah I, I could know. do that you know we could maybe do it jointly I just want to have wine I'll sit in the bar and drink bad wine and you can have, <laughs> I don't know we'll figure it out we'll figure it out so before we get started with our episode we better play a quick game of chump or champ don't you think um okay yes absolutely absolutely you're gonna do good with these I think okay, okay? Yeah, you, okay. you, you, you set me up so many no, times, no, no. This, I don't believe you. Oh, this first one's so easy, you're okay. going to love this. Okay, Okay. Right. On December 7th, 1941, there was an attack on Pearl Harbor Naval Base. In which state is Pearl Harbor located? <laughs> uh, Hawaii. Okay, very good. All right. In what country was Arnold Schwarzenegger born? Austria. Yes, very good. Two for two. Um, I don't know when this this trivia game was like put together, so I hope these stats are still accurate. What is the most populous city in Canada with French as the official language? Uh, I'm going to say Montreal. You would be correct. Very good. Very good. And I love this question so much. Oh, no. No, you're going to get I, it. I am... No, you're going to get it. I just yeah. think it's a funny question. And but what I if, wonder. What if I fumble this or no, something? No, 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 you won't, though. What is the difference between a pedicure and a manicure? One's for feet, one's for hand. Very good. <laughs> See, you've got four out of four, so we have to do a little. 
Okay, so you you were just trying to build my ego up a little bit. You did good. We haven't done this for a month. Be honest. You handpicked those just because I've been doing so bad. No, you did good. You did good. You did good. All right, so our episode topic today is going to be helpful if you are buying gifts for kids, whether they're your own kids. Oh, yeah, because it's the gift season. It is. It's gift-giving season, right? It's December 1st. It's gift-giving season. And so um, I also, I mean, whenever December 1st hits, I'm like, it's also, you know, wine-drinking season. So for us, it's like this, you know, double thing. Um, Since our kids are all grown now, I mean, our two oldest are 24 and 25 years old. Our Mm -hmm. youngest is now 18. Right. So toy buying has changed. We have all adult children. Adult children. It is weird being parents of adult children so anyways um but toys i want to talk to you about buying toys and uh i think this time of year is where a lot of times i remember when the kids were little we're like okay the toy box is full Mm -hmm. and the holidays are coming right right? so it's kind of this dilemma of what do we do do we really need more stuff but you want your kids to have gifts at the holidays right so as an early childhood specialist and as a toy connoisseur uh i wanted to share some of my uh top toy buying tips for our listeners what do you think how many toys do you think you have okay that's what i was gonna i was gonna i was gonna say jim why don't you tell them what i mean when i say i'm a toy connoisseur what does that mean for our home it's an entire room it's an entire room yes our our whole storage room is wall-to-wall toys wall-to-wall shelves and shelves boxes it's full um it's full and i've been an early interventionist for over two decades and we don't take bags of toys into the natural environment environment anymore but i can't get rid of the good toys and i have cleaned out have i not i've donated so many toys you probably have a third of what you used to yeah because i have donated a lot to different families and early childhood centers Mm -hmm. around the 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 city and stuff so i've donated a lot um but i can't get rid of what i call the good toys the good old toys because it's very hard to buy high quality toys anymore they're very hard to find and so someday in case i'm ever a grammy um (laughs) hint hint daughters hint hint um in case i'm ever a grandma i want to make sure i have my high quality toys available for the yep the grandkids to come and play with right yeah so i still have all my toys well at least all of the good ones so i want to uh share some tips uh for parents or you know anyone who's buying gifts for young children uh to consider when you're at the store one of my favorite things to do this time of year jim and i haven't done it yet but i like to go to walmart and buy the worst toy on the shelf that's one of my favorite things. And then I bring it home and I like to like do a, a, a live. So I still need to do that. For several <laughs> years, I bought the same toy. It's just a different version of the same um, VTech toy. It's called like the Tiny Touch Laptop something stupid button pushing <laughs> battery operated piece of crap. But every year I buy the same one and it's just a sleeker version. Like it started right. out looking like a tablet. Now it looks like a smartphone. And so anyways, there's this, I think this premise that, ooh, we need to buy kids educational toys, right? Right. Because uh, something that, you know, talked a lot about um, is the cognitive hypothesis, Mm -hmm. that there's this whole idea that you need to hurry up and make your kids smarter faster, right? Right. And that was kind of the whole premise behind, like, baby Einstein DVDs, right? Mm -hmm. Ooh, we got to make your baby smarter, right? So there's this idea that, oh, if it's teaching something that looks academic, uh, or pre-academic, like letters, numbers, shapes, and colors, then, oh, it's got to be a high-quality toy. Oh, yeah. So I want to talk to you about what I consider to be a high-quality toy. Okay. Does that sound good? Yeah. Let me have it. All right. It. First of all, I'm going to let you have it. Here we go. Uh, the first tip 
from Carrie, the toy connoisseur, is to select toys without batteries or screens. Okay, uh, most kids already have plenty of those, so mm-hmm. they usually don't need any more. But here's the rationale behind this: the more the toy does, the less your child does. Right. Okay, so I think we'd all agree that high tech toys may command a child's attention. Do you know what I mean by that? Like it makes sounds, it, it lights mm-hmm. up, it makes music. So it commands their attention, right? Mm-hmm. It draws their attention to it. But the problem is those types of toys tend to limit creativity and imagination. Mm-hmm. Because there's only makes so sense. much you can do with a toy that's battery operated. It's programmed to do the same thing over and over. Right. So the example I like to give is, I should have grabbed my dumb toy. See, Jim, you see that orange toy there. Do you see that button pushing one? You don't need to get it, but do you see what I'm talking about? It's one of those button pushing. Yes, I do. Yes. Okay. So anyways, it's got nine buttons on it. And so mm-hmm. I always say yep. like, okay, if the child were to push the button and listen to everything the toy actually had to say, maybe somehow it would be you know, beneficial. But here's how I see most kids play with button pushing toys, right? They push the button and let's say it sings old McDonald. Right. I'm sorry, Jim, I'm going to sing. I know. So, so beware. Okay, here we go. So they push the button. Old McDonald had a farm. E-I-E-I. Old McDonald had, they push the button again. Old McDonald had a, push the button again. Old Mc, Old Mc, Old Mc, Old Mc, Old Mc, Old Mc, Old Mc. Right. Does that make sense? They just, it doesn't yeah. make sense when you can't see me pushing the buttons. So right. <laughs> Jim can see me. Nobody else can. I'm like, that didn't she's, work. On... She's putting her finger into her hand. Yes. Right I'm putting my finger in my hand going, because they just keep pushing the button and it just keeps saying, oh, make, oh, make, oh, make, over and over and over. So bad toy. Right. Very bad toy. Should we edit that out, Jim? Was that like really dumb? Are we good? <laughs> no, I think we're good. I, we'll, we'll leave it in. We'll leave it in. Now they know that, yeah, sometimes yeah. we have to edit no, out is, stupid things that Carrie does. Carrie uncut. Carrie uncut. I like that. I like that. Yeah, if you've ever heard me present live, you know I am passionate. And now the puppies are scratching at yeah, the door. Yeah, they're trying to get in. <laughs> oh, I tell you. The, okay, this is the Gordo's of- really smart. Like, I think he's like, uh, like a genius level dog so i think he could work out a way to, like, to get in yeah he's like got plans out there right now he's gonna yep. tunnel in or he something he knows he can get through any gate he yeah. can, he can figure <laughs> anything out he's a little uh, we have two little shih tzu puppies so they weigh about six pounds yeah. and they are they're very social they would like to sit in our lap all the time but it's kind of hard to record a podcast with a dog in your lap so anyway select toys without batteries or screens they limit creativity they limit imagination and they really inhibit development of functional language. Mm-hmm. Okay. Uh, yes, kids can learn to rote, memorize things like letters, numbers, shapes, and colors. Right. But being able to recite those does not necessarily generalize to functional communication. So they're not necessary toys. Uh, just know that well-designed toys will allow your child to provide, you ready for this? All the power, all the imagination, and all the sound effects. Okay. So my number one tip for buying toys is this choose toys that do nothing wow that's kind of like the 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 you know the pitch for seinfeld it's a it's a (laughs) show about about nothing (laughs) that's exactly it you want it and it ran for like nine years see there's longevity here you want toys that do nothing because you want your child to provide all the power all the creativity all the imagination it makes sense all the sound effects right you want your child to do all of those things Mm -hmm. got it all right Second tip, limit toys that force feed academics. We kind of already touched on this, but um, you want to uh, spend your money on toys that allow your child to learn naturally through Mm -hmm. discovery and exploration. Don't feel pressured to buy educational toys that teach letters, numbers, shapes, colors. Those concepts 
those concepts are better learned naturally mm-hmm. um, during day-to-day interactions. Like, oh, do you want your blue cup or your red cup? Right. right. Things like that. It's a much more natural way to teach those kind of pre-academic concepts. So don't feel like you need to purchase educational or developmental toys that teach these academic skills. To keep um, up with the Joneses. Yeah, don't be keeping up with the Joneses when it comes to buying toys. Um, all righty, the third tip, think quality over quantity. Quality. Quality, right? Yes. So rather than purchasing a lot of really inexpensive toys that will likely break, mm-hmm. you know, in the first 24 hours, consider buying fewer high-quality toys that are well-constructed, that stand the test of time, that allow the child to play with it in multiple ways, right? So, I mean... I. There, there's so much to be said for varieties of different wooden blocks, you mm-hmm. know, that, that yeah. different shapes, different, um, you know, that, that can be, you can make buildings, you can make roads out of them, you know, you can do all sorts sure. of different things. So yeah. I love like wooden blocks, um, different, again, different types, but also adding in then like just um, toy animals, mm-hmm. you know, maybe some toy vehicles where it doesn't have to be like some fancy set. You can, you know, combine a couple different uh, items, but it makes a really nice gift for creativity so i'm all about quality over quantity um more does not equal better uh clutter we're going to talk a little bit about about toy clutter here in a minute um the fourth tip select some toys um well well, focus definitely select toys that are related to your child's interests right remember when aaron was very young and he Mm -hmm. was very interested in trains Right. So he loved trains. And so, you know, we tended to buy him gifts related to trains. But what I also wanted to do was respect his deep interest. Okay. Um, Because he very much, he's our son is autistic. And so he has very deep interests. I would say they're not wide interests. He doesn't have a lot of them. His are just very deep. But they've changed over time. They do. They evolve and change over time. So when he was three, four years old, his deep interest was trains. So rather than just keep buying him wooden trains, because he had, Dozens. I mean, dozens upon dozens upon dozens. So what I would do is I would buy him like um, train puzzles, you know, train themed puzzles Mm -hmm. and train themed um, coloring book. And you know what I mean? Trying to kind of still value and respect his deep interest, Mm -hmm. but also try to encourage other types of play within that interest to build, because he was very young at the time, to build like fine motor skills, you know, like with coloring and things like that. So that makes sense. um, and, And I think it is okay also to try to kind of expand um, the interest, uh, especially in children who are not autistic, you want to think about, oh, if this child really likes, um, you know, trains, consider other kinds of vehicles too, you know, right. so we yeah. can, you know, still respect that interest in trains and then, you know, build on that. So just keep that but in these mind. But these are trains that weren't like powered, right? No. They were, they oh, were... good, good. See, you're so good. Okay. Yeah. Just want to make that clear. Well, because there's there are trains you can buy that are battery operated, sure. right? Where you yeah, like, like put the, batteries in it. You The Lionel trains. Yes. Stuff like you, that. Yeah. you flip it over and turn it to the on position and you place it on the track and the right. child climbs on the couch, sticks their thumb in their mouth and watches as the train goes in an oval while it makes some amazing train whistle sounds, sure. right? Yeah. So that is more passive entertainment as opposed to active play. So yeah, we are remember toys that do nothing so you want the trains that like ikea i don't know if any of you like live near an ikea but ikea has it's not thomas the tank engine but you know it's a really nice set for like Mm -hmm. twelve dollars you know that comes with enough track to make a circle and comes with a a, like four trains and i think a couple animals and so that's a nice like kind of you know even getting started kind of set sure now if your child is autistic like our son they had to be Thomas engines. Right. He was not yeah. interested in, you know, generic or, yeah. or and, he, and he would play with them 
Well, he watched Thomas the Train. He did. He because yeah. he acted out kind of yeah. what was happening. He yeah. he still kind of does that to a degree sure. with yeah. like his letters. Like mm-hmm. he likes to spell the words that are on the screen right. when he watches his favorite show. So, yeah, definitely. Okay. And I think the Lionel Trains are more about like building that world. The you world, know? yeah. You know, it's like a, it, it's model. It's sure. it's like model you, trains different yeah, it's like from you, you you build the whole, you know, scene around it, mm-hmm. you know, and it's just mm-hmm. it's more of a like a hobby. Hobby, yeah, because yeah. a lot of adults even do that. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so what are we on? Number five here. Look for toys that spark your child's imagination. So the best way to do this is, you guys, I want you to think about there's two types of toys. There are toys that have a definitive ending point, mm-hmm. and then there are what we call toys that are open-ended. Okay. okay. So toys with a definitive ending point, um, the child knows they're finished because they put the last piece in. So, for example, like, like a, a little puzzle. wooden inset puzzle mm-hmm. or Mr. Potato Head okay. or... Or um, like a shape sorter. Does that make sense? Like you put, you know you're done because I have the last piece. I put it in and I'm done. So those types of toys are sometimes more limiting for creativity and imagination. Now with potato head, you could vary it if you had multiple potatoes, you know, and you had, you know, multiple heads and you could vary things and make them walk and talk. So you can expand on toys that have a definitive ending point. But I really want you guys to be thinking about selecting open-ended toys that encourage creative play okay so um one other thing that tends to be kind of limiting is when we purchase toys based on cartoon or movie characters so the example i like to give is let's say your child loves frozen you know and they buy this like frozen castle set that comes with Olaf, you know, Mm -hmm. and Elsa, and it's just a set. So what we tend to see is that oftentimes kids will just kind of recreate the scenes from the movie over and over and over. Um, If you buy a generic castle, and I don't mean like cheap, but I just mean one that's not based on a movie or Mm -hmm. or a cartoon. If you buy just um, like Playmobil is a great high quality toy brand that isn't based on specific movies so you could buy like the castle from Playmobil and it's more likely that your child is going to create their own characters and create their own play scheme rather than just repeating back what they saw in in the movie does that make sense yeah they, they can let that go they let can it let go. it go. Yeah, it's time to let it go. See, good one. Yep. But then they can create their own world. Yeah, and that's it. You know, instead of reenacting, it's about imagination, right? So mm-hmm. kind of keep that in mind. Uh, it's fine if your child loves Elsa, you know, to have some things. But again, think like stickers, you know, things that maybe they can create something, you know, artistic out of it instead of sure. like just playing the same way with, with a toy. Mm-hmm. All right, the next tip, choose toys that are developmentally appropriate. A lot of toys have age ranges on the package. Okay, so they'll say like, um, oh, this ring stacker is for six months plus. And I'm like, no six-month-old can play with a ring stacker. Though just know that the ages that are on toys are typically for safety. Like can, they right. can, the babies so they can't, can't choke on a ring. Choke on something. So that means yeah. you could give it to your baby and it's safe. It doesn't mean it's developmentally appropriate, oh, right, that okay. they can do the ring stacker yet. So I always say, don't worry about that. You want to buy things that are within your child's wheelhouse, meaning what you always buy toys that are kind of one step above where they're at, right? Okay. So it kind of just encourages development. So our son, since he's autistic, um, like when he was six, 
Mm-hmm. If somebody would have bought him Legos and bought the teeny tiny Legos, mm-hmm. because according to the packaging, you know, some of those smaller Legos are for like six and up, you know, or whatever. The problem is his fine motor skills, he would have hated that. I mean, those were way too hard for yeah. him. He preferred those. So they're the medium size. I think they're called Duplo. And they're the mm-hmm. medium size Legos where he had the fine motor skills to like put those together and, and use yeah. them. So you don't necessarily buy, buy toys based on the child's age. You really need to consider development mentally appropriate toys sure good with that yep all right and then the last tip is remember that books are toys too if you were sitting where i am sitting uh we're in our recording studio this is where i do my webinars and things and how many bookshelves do i have one two three four four very large books oh there's five 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 large bookshelves in here and they are all filled with children's books uh in my other office where i work Two or three more. There's three in there, and those are all more reference books, but these are all children's books. Right. Uh, so I am a huge... Plus there's one in the closet. There is so. one in there, I know, so don't look. So I'm a huge <laughs> proponent of literacy-based speech therapy, mm-hmm. of you know using books to build connections. Uh, I think uh, uh, books, especially if they're interactive books, with things like touch-and-feel pages mm-hmm. or those really sturdy flaps, you know, like one of my favorite books of all times for toddlers is the Where's Spot book. Mm-hmm. And so on every page, it's got a flap because you're looking for this missing dog. Where's Spot? So I love not even reading the words on the page. I will just, I always tell parents flaps in books. Flaps are just doors and doors are meant for knocking. So when I read the book, I go to the flap and I knock, 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 knock. And then we open the door and I go, boo. And I do that on every page in Where's Spot for wow. those minimally verbal kids yeah. because they love the repetition. It's exciting. They're, it's an interactive. It's right. engaging. So um, just just remember that you want to find high-quality books. You want to consider the child's, again, developmental stage for kids who still put books in their mouth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. and chew on them you wouldn't want to buy them like books that can be destroyed uh they make books called indestructibles mm-hmm. it's an actual brand of books and they can be crinkled they can be mouthed on you can put them in the dishwasher you so they're clean about, them up yeah. yeah they're like six dollars a piece and they have i don't know several dozen titles of indestructibles you also want to think about things like vinyl bath books mm-hmm. and yep. cloth books right cloth that books. it's okay if you put them in your mouth right, right. so for babies you don't not let bait that sounds weird. Don't not let. You let babies uh, 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 mouth books, but you want to give them books that yeah, are that developmentally. Was a negative it there. was double negative. You want to let babies uh, mouth books that are developmentally okay. appropriate. Right. Um, board books, then, you know, are the type of books that are good for toddlers who maybe right. would rip or tear paper pages. So that's why, you know, the they're majority. Fine. They're yeah. gross motors a little yeah. too. Yeah, well, and they're much. just. They're interested. They yeah. really like the sound. They're just curious. It's yeah. it's it's they're in that cause and effect stage of development. So you don't give a child in cause and effect stage of development books with paper pages because right. they're going to try to figure out what happens when I tear this. Well, right? I, li- I like the books too because it's just you get that connection. It is. It's such a, a rewarding. You know, I'm one of my big themes as an, an early childhood specialist is relationship-based learning, mm-hmm. right? Anything that fosters interaction between the adult and the child, and that's what books have the power to do, yep. right? Yep. So you want to think board books for your toddlers or kids who are kind of rough on books. And then um, as kids develop and uh, you know get that maturity, you can start introducing books with paper pages and things like that. Makes so sense. Books are toys too. So the last thing I wanted to touch on, and then we'll wrap up, is tips for managing toy clutter. Because around the holidays, 
toys. I think, you know, grandma gives toys and mom and dad give toys right. and, you know, aunt and uncle give to pretty soon. You know, you thought I'm only going to buy him three toys. Well, by the time the kid gets done getting got toys, 20. I got 20 new toys. So yeah. three tips for managing toy clutter. Number one, I want you to consider using this formula for adding new toys. I have a formula. Oh, Are wow. you ready? This okay. is great. One new toy in equals one old toy donated. Oh, nice. Yeah. Right? So it's a very simple formula. So yeah. if your child gets 20 toys, that means 20 toys hit the road. Sayonara, baby. Well, and then right? somebody else can benefit that's from right. you donating a toy to that child that's at that developmental Right stage. Absolutely. Stage. Absolutely. So, so that's, awesome. that's the formula. One new toy in, one toy donated. Okay. The second tip for managing toy clutter is toy rotation. And okay. so I would encourage you to get a big like clear tub or a big laundry basket or something. And don't ever do this in front of your child because then they'll think you're taking their stuff. So it's mm-hmm. like when they're napping yeah. or when they're sleeping, choose some toys that you really haven't seen them playing with much lately. You know, they're probably at the bottom of the toy box or, you know, just things that they haven't touched. You're going to gather them, put them in the, in the bin and um, put that like in the garage or in the basement or somewhere where they can't see it or find it readily. Mm-hmm. And then once a month, you rotate those toys. And I always just say, just do it the first of the month. Like you okay. should be changing your furnace filter the first of the month. At least that's what we do in the Midwest. I don't know if other people have furnace filters, but here in the Midwest, we all have a furnace, yeah. right? So you change your furnace filter on the first of the month. That's when you rotate your toy. So it just becomes habit. You know, you flip yeah. your calendar. And do other people use calendars, real calendars still? I think so. I kind of think we're the only weirdos who still have you know, a calendar on our Filters fridge. on furnaces are for gas. But, you um, know, people on the East Coast, I think a lot have radiators. Oh, do they? See, so, so I don't know. So it, that's, have, it's a little different. It but, is. You know, but find out, even if you just think to yourself, the first point of still the month, stands. Yeah, first of the month, rotate your toys, <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can only say when you, what when my. You, when you make your house payment. Yeah, well, whatever. there you go, whatever it is. Yeah. I just have my lived experience. I've always lived in the Midwest, so it's all I have. <laughs> so, yeah, toy rotation. Um, it doesn't mean you have to get rid of them all, but you definitely need to rotate, right? Some, sure. some toys in, especially the big ticket items. So, let's say um, last. Um, year at the holidays your child got one of those toy kitchens you know and you know how mm, big yeah, they are yeah. and you know how your child plays with it like every single day for like a month and now I bet you your toy kitchen is just used to store other toys I yeah. bet you're stacking things on it and it's right. just kind of a catch all that's your hint that it needs to go to the basement or it needs to go to the garage or it needs to go somewhere because if you bring that in in a month they're going to play like it with it like it was brand new oh, yeah. okay so yeah. that's what you want to do is rotate those toys where you're like I spent too much money on that I am not I'm not giving that one away, you know, sure. or, or I no, think he still likes sense. it. So we're just going to rotate. All right. Well, and it's still, if it's still developmentally appropriate, yeah. you know, you don't want to get rid of it. Right. Absolutely. It's hard to say, but you know, absolutely. And then the third tip is, and I know some of you are going to cringe. You're going to be like, oh, what? No. Uh-oh. But try to avoid toy boxes for storing toys. Okay. Okay. Ask me why. Why? Because what happens when it's time to clean up toys is everybody just starts chucking toys into the toy box right pieces of the mr potato head just get chucked into the toy box puzzle pieces just get chucked into the toy boxes so the only way for toys to hold their play value is if all of the pieces remain together and when you use a toy box pieces get lost and when pieces get lost toys lose their play value Mm -hmm. so it is much better to invest in um, some containers, uh, clear. You always want to buy clear containers. Children need to be able to see what's in them. Otherwise, if they're not clear, dumping the toys out becomes the activity. So like 
shelf system like, like a shelf system like with the little clear plastic shoe boxes from walmart you know that okay. are lidded that you can stack so you put all the potato head and those pieces in there i like to use for things like puzzles i like to buy the so you go to like dollar tree and they make these mesh laundry bags that have a little zipper okay and you can put the toy and the puzzle and the puzzle pieces in there mm. and then you can stack okay. all of those you know like in a little in a little box or yeah. something um but you really like plastic bags ziploc bags are great therapists we use those a lot but they're not okay for children to handle their suffocation hazard so okay. that's why i don't recommend using plastic bags sure. but i like the, yeah. mesh, the mesh laundry ones. zip that makes sense zippy bags and they're good for fine motor you don't have to zip and unzip those mm -hmm. but any kind of a shelving system is going to be better than uh, a toy box because toy box are are usually very counterproductive for enhancing play because yeah. the kids can't find all the pieces then all you have is clutter everywhere and um, people then start complaining well he doesn't play with the toys he has well the problem is the toys don't have any play value mm -hmm. you've got to understand that it is actually the adult's responsibility to make sure at the end of the day all the toys are organized and and all the pieces are together that requires a lot of executive function skills to be mm -hmm. able to organize and put things back together so it's a skill we can do with our children and teach them all the hot wheels go in this tub all the potato head pieces go here, but it's ultimately the adult's responsibility to teach that skill. Mm -hmm. You can't just say to your kid, clean up your toys and yeah, think go they're going to know how room. to do that. Yeah. That is not how executive function skills are developed. Because like, everything would have got stuffed under the bed if I if right. that was me as a kid. Right. Because, oh, you just mean get everything off the floor. Yeah. Okay, I'll shove it in the closet, hide it under the bed, or throw it in the toy box, right? Right. I didn't so, have a toy box. But... Right. But I'm, that's my point, though, is that you, yeah. you have to teach that skill. And that's sure. the adult's responsibility. Okay, to teach that. Right. We good with that? Yes. All right. It's Excellent. like teaching them how to put their laundry away. All, all of that it, stuff right? Too, right? You do it together with them, and over time, it becomes a learned habit. Okay? And so we teach it in, in a developmentally appropriate way. Awesome. So anyways, those are my tips for buying toys and managing toy clutter at the mm -hmm. holiday. Because, um, you know, it's December and this is the season that we are in. So thanks for listening to another episode of SLP Talk Show. If you're enjoying the podcast, please let us know by leaving us a five-star review. Now get out there, be kind, be accepting, drink some wine if you feel like it, and please remember to get your mammogram. Early detection could save your life. It certainly saved mine 10 years ago. Until we meet again, cheers. Cheers.